1: What I used to do was I had a set of core values and I had seven of them, seven core values. And right there, that's a huge mistake. (laughs) Yeah. Because I couldn't remember all seven of them. If you can't go humble, hungry, smart, you don't have core values. If you go, I think one's integrity. Yeah, integrity is one. I think one is um, unity. No, no, no. It's like cooperation. No, no. What is it? Uh, You don't have core values. It has to be like a part of your DNA. It has to be. Like you see the people, the names of people on your, your coach's names. You should be able to rattle them off like that. Mm-hmm. Humble, hungry, smart. And everyone knows it. What confidence is has nothing to do with winning or the leaderboard. What confidence is, is knowing that you giving yeah, your best efforts is enough. Three,
0: one, Greetings, Ben. Hey, Patrick. Hello, sir. Um, today we're going to talk about... Um, how to build a strong team. Um, obviously, uh, I, I think I'd love to touch on sort of two elements of that. One is sort of a work team, a, a, mm-hmm. a, um, the teams you know that you've built here at the gym, um, but also athletic teams, because I think uh, I'm curious if you see a lot of crossover between those two things. Um, and the reason I, I wanted to bring this up or I want to talk about this because you just announced uh, some new seminars, some new affiliate-focused seminars, um, and some new athlete development and, and sort of programming seminars. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit first, um, because they're related, or the the subject of building strong teams mm-hmm. is one of the things that you're gonna talk about in these seminars, because the seminars are new, right? Um, you're calling the, the affiliate one, Affiliate Excellence 2.0. Yes. So, What does that mean? What is the, what was 1.0 and what is 2.0?
1: So um, affiliate excellence, it was not 1.0 at the time. It was just affiliate (laughs) excellence. Um, It's a one day seminar where I bring people through basically the best practices of owning a CrossFit gym. Now there's some applicable um, practices that you could take to other small businesses, but it's really centric on um, how to run a good gym. We talk about things like pricing and building a website and how to um, um, train your coaches, how to run a class, um, how to do some marketing, how to um, build out some systems. I'm taking um, 2.0, or I'm introducing 2.0 as um, a next level of that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have done the first one to get anything, to get um, everything out of the second one. the second one is about policies, best practices, um, and principles. Mm-hmm. Principles being the unchanging um, aspects of our business that drive behavior. It's the way that we are setting things up to um so that all of our employees, all of our teams which we're about to talk about know exactly what to do in every situation. It's all the if then scenarios. It's impossible to go through all of the if thens. So you set up these um principles so that your your just your employees can make decisions and know exactly what to do on their own. Mm-hmm. Um the the policies is everything from what do we do for our hiring process what do we do for our our on ramp process what do we do for our opening and closing shifts what do we how do we do facilities maintenance so it's literally like it in the weeds literally i'm going to give people our operations manual our 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 binder our 40 50 page book on how we run our gym so they're going to walk away with literally this is the how to to run an affiliate and the last piece of that is kind of um the best practices piece which is how do we um, communicate our vision how do we um, get everyone operating the same page how do we create ownership within the gym and how do we structure meetings from coaches meetings to the visionary setting of this um, how we want to structure the year down to the week the month the day and then how do we create accountability in every position in the gym first off we talk about what the positions in the gym are right, right. and then how we create accountability drive passion and um, and get things done basically inside the affiliate. So 2.0 is a little bit more um, in-depth, it's a little more in the weeds, it's a little more um, uh, hands-on, but you're actually walking away with, uh, where if the if the level one was a lot of, uh, I don't wanna say it was a lot of theoretical, because it's not, but if it starts there, this one's going to start with very much a, um, when you go back to your affiliate on Monday, this is how you can um, truly affect it and change it.
0: Yeah. Uh, listen, to you talk a little bit. It feels like, uh, if anybody, and I know you do knows who, uh, Gary V is, he talks mm-hmm. a lot about being in the clouds and being in the dirt. Yeah, um, yeah. and it feels a little bit like 1.0. Obviously that wasn't what it was called is a little bit clouds and, and 2.0 is maybe a little bit more dirt. I like that. You kind of get your hands dirty. Yep. Um, what about the, the, what you, what are you guys calling it? Or what are you calling it? The athlete development and programming yep.
1: program and athlete so development. What's that? So, um, I'm going to do these in two cities and two cities only. I'm doing it in Boston on November 3rd and 4th, um, Saturday and Sunday. And the next weekend, I'm going to Denver and doing it on the 10th and 11th. -hmm. So it's a Saturday, Sunday.
0: Is that um, seminar on one day, athlete development on the second?
1: So Saturdays in both cities will be um, Affiliate Excellence 2.0. And then Sunday in each city will be programming and athlete development. Okay um, program athlete development is everything from how do you program for your gym to how do you program for sports specific athletes to how do you, um, program for special populations and elderly to how do you program for your elite athletes to send them to the games. Um, and, um, athlete development is how do you take an athlete and truly make them world-class. So it's really, it's Uh, For the first time, I'm really kind of pulling back the curtain on what I've done to develop some of the world champions in our sport. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything from what does a day look like? What does the week look like? What does the year look like? um, How do we structure that? And then how do we also, which is kind of of fun and exciting about, is putting a practical approach to building the mentally tough athlete, Mm -hmm. which I think everyone looks at mental toughness as a soft skill at best. At worst, they see it like you're either born with it or you're not and it's neither of those two you're not born with it or you're not and it's not a soft skill it's something that's trained and developed and i'm for the first time going to show the a step by step it's an actual actionable step by step process to building mental toughness not just kind of like give them hard workouts and let them survive and they're tougher
0: mm-hmm. awesome um you'd mentioned the dates but maybe the dates one more time and then if people are interested where can they either read more or register
1: yep doing a uh, Boston, uh, November 3rd and 4th. The Saturday is the Affiliate Excellence 2.0 and Sunday is Programming Athlete Development. The following weekend is in Denver, uh, the 10th and the 11th, Saturday and Sunday in the same format. Saturday is Affiliates and um, Sunday is for Athletes. And registration is at benbergeron.com slash events.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about building a strong team. Um, First question, I've heard... Um, and I think we'll dip in a little bit of, uh, or, or we'll dip into affiliates or affiliate specifics, but as much as you want to take it out to be more broad, please yeah, feel yep. free. Um, but affiliate specific first, um, I've heard you talk about when hiring coaches, hire hire for good people or hire for the right people um, and work on developing them into the right coach. So I want to ask you about that, um, but sort of tag on to that question is, what's the right balance between experience and inexperience with a coach. Cause obviously you don't want, even if it's the perfect person, right? Um, if they have never coached before mm-hmm. or they just have their level one, yep. probably not the right decision for you guys. So where do you, so first talk to me about that idea of hiring for a person before, you know, skill or experience. Um, and then where you, how you sort of balance that with the necessary experience and skill um, so that when you put them in, the, in front of the class, you know that they're in good hands.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um and you're exactly right. The way that we structure this is we hire based off character, skill, talent, and then skills in that order. And what I mean by that is um, character. So mm-hmm. what a lot of people say is when you like you're like when you, maybe they've heard me or they've heard other people say is like hire good people. They kind of assume that it's like well if you. And I used to do this right. I used to. I my test used to be. Uh, the three-hour car ride. If you Mm. could enjoy a three-hour car ride with this person, they're probably a person that you wouldn't mind working with. And if you can't go a three-hour car ride, it's probably not the best person for you. Well, that was in the early development of my hiring and building a team phase. That was my prerequisite. We've since really honed and developed what we're looking for way, way beyond the car ride test. It was basically, it was um, my test before was like, are you cool and do you care? Mm-hmm. If you're cool and you care, if you're cool, like if I can do the car ride, if you care, if you care about other people, if you pass those two tests, you passed our character test. Now we'll work on your um, talent in our world. That's coaching. In another world, it might be marketing. It might be sales yep. or, and so on. And then finally is skills. Are you good with, um, so in our world, skills might be like, could you help us out with a nutrition program? Mm-hmm. Are you a weightlifter? Are you a gymnastics specialist? Gotcha. Um, are you good at posting on social media? So those are our skills. In other worlds, it might be, are you good with, <clears throat> excuse me, are you good with WordPress? Or are you good with you know, um, data analytics? Like the resume you, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like truly like the skills yeah. stuff. Like, um, So again, it goes character, talent, skills in that order. The thing that we've done to help us out so much in the in the near term, the last three or four years or so, is truly developing what we're looking for. We systemize character. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking for just somebody that's cool and passing the car ride test, it's truly defining what it is, who is the person that fits us. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this all the time, like, are they one of us? And one of us is like, it's a term that we use all the time when we're talking about potential hires. Like, I don't know if he's one of us. Yes, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he'd be a great coach. Is he one of us? Mm-hmm. And knowing what one of us is helps out so much. For us, it's, are you humble? And that is first and foremost. And by the way, I think that these are, um, it's not things that I created. I I learned a lot of these from um, um, Patrick um, um book, The Ideal Team Player. Mm-hmm since been reinforced through everything else I've read. And it's like everything fits inside of these nice three little bubbles. And the first one is, are they humble? And humble is not what people think. It's not just thinking less about yourself. It's not even just thinking about other people more. It's truly in our world, are you willing, not even willing, are you, how do you accept feedback? Mm -hmm. That's the biggest one for us. We're always trying to go grow. We're always trying to develop. I had a meeting with my staff last week, I do every week, and I told them in that meeting, My biggest fear is that five years from now, we're exactly like we are right now. That is a nightmare for me. That is like, I am out, like I'm checking out, like no thanks, I don't want any part of that. We are always gonna be growing and developing. Well, to grow and develop, you need people with the humility to accept feedback, change, and ways to grow. And that's not an easy thing for a lot of people. If every single day, we we tell people this, in the hiring process, Every single day you coach, you're going to get feedback on something you can work on. And some people are like, "Yeah, right away, it's like that gut check in there. It's like, that's not me. Like, I know what he's talking about. I know that might be good for me. I don't have, and they're not going to say well, this, I'm but not gonna I'm not going to thrive in that environment. That's yeah. going to be really hurtful for yeah. me. I'm here because I feel like it's going to be a good dot, 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 yeah. fill in the blank. Yep. So the first one's humility and humility for us first and foremost is the, is how you take feedback. Yes, it's about it's not thinking less about yourself, it's thinking about yourself less and yes, it's about thinking of other people and um, all the rest but for us the number one thing is how do you deal with feedback. Number two is hunger. And hunger is work ethic, it's the drive for excellence, it's professionalism, it's your um um Dedication to your craft. It's the the willingness to learn. It's um, if you're asked to do um, steps one, two, and three, you come back with steps one, two, three, four, five, and offer up new steps of like what you think six and seven would be. Mm-hmm. It's what Jack Welch talks about all the time. Is in um, Jack Welch for people I heard younger. Um, he was the he was the Steve Jobs of the eighties. <laughs> dating myself
0: never heard him described as that okay but right yeah 90s He's no, the yeah. most
1: powerful company in the world yep. ge he was the visionary and the leader yep. jack welch's whole thing is what got you an a in school is the bare minimum requirement in business and people are like think that they are entitled that if they do everything that they're supposed to do they chuck off every single box i did everything that my boss asked me to do today why am i not getting anything more than this like two percent raise every year Cause that's the bare minimum in business. That's literally the job description is do this. To do more, you have to make your boss look smarter. And that's what hunger is. You have the ability to work way beyond. And we tell people in the hiring process what we mean by this is there's going to be many, many nights in a quarter, like we talk like three, four, five Fridays every three months where you're probably going to be expected to be here till 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. But in our kind of group, that's kind of the norm. People would rather be doing that than doing other stuff, and I get it. You can be a great coach, and that might not fit you. But in our world, people like being here. They work their tails off, and it's not something that like that doesn't make you special in our group. Mm-hmm. That meets the bare minimum. Yep. So if that's not you, again, it might not be the right place for you. Yep. So hum- hum- humility, hunger, and then the third one is. People smarts, emotional intelligence, do you understand how to communicate with people? Do you know how to read people and do you know how to stay quiet and do you know how to um, be a sincere listener? Do you know how to be an active listener? Do people easily buy in and trust you? If you have those combination of those three things, humble, hungry, and people smart, That to us makes you one of us. Mm -hmm. That is the character we're looking for. And we've had a lot of really impressive people walk through the doors through our hiring process that are really good people, that are really good coaches, but just weren't one of us. And to me, it's the mantra of hire slow and fire fast. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, really, really important to build an incredible team and really hard. And... To bring in a bad apple, it's true that the bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. And the analogy there is like if you're cooking a – imagine you have a, um, a pan of Brussels sprouts that you're going to saute. Mm-hmm. If you have – your pan holds eight Brussels sprouts, right, perfectly. Well, if you put that ninth Brussels sprout in, it sits on top of all the others. Now, all of a sudden, that one extra Brussels sprout kind of messes up the whole cooking process. It takes longer and the right mm-hmm. ones don't get cooked the right way. And that one little thing, which seems like not that big a deal, really messes up the whole process. Mm-hmm. That's the approach we take. It's like, if we're going to bring somebody on, we're going to wait for the right person. And when the right person comes on, we're going to know that they're one of us.
0: Um, so just not to skip over it, uh, the, the question of how much experience Huh. Is needed before you your- answer your question. Well, yes, Patrick. I'm a politician. This is like <laughs> I should be able to answer the way I want to answer. Okay, yes, you know what I mean though, is because I get all yes. that and that's great, but at some For point, some of these want to go walk in and, and they're going to have the traits, but they just came out of their element the last week. Yes, yeah.
1: so the next piece is the talent. Yeah. So, what we do is after, um, so the first thing we do is assess their character, yeah. literally. I mean, that's the whole thing, and maybe that's a lie because we haven't sent our resume first, but the resume is really just like I. To us in our world, what I found is um, the way we operate, it just tells you nothing. In fact, it might be an inverse relationship between initials after your name and humility, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yes. So it might be like a a bad checkpoint. Um, Mm -hmm. If if someone's able to get through the process in the door, the first thing we're doing is really driving really hard on uh, the character traits. But then the next thing is absolutely, we put them through the coaching on-ramp process Mm -hmm. and they have to be able to coach. They have to have the skill set. You could hire the best guy in the world, but if he doesn't know anything about sales or marketing yep. or computer programming or whatever it is you are hiring him to do, it might not be the wrong hire. It's going to take a really long time to on-ramp him. Yep. And we've done that in certain cases. But for most part, it's we are looking for some sort of um, talent, in there and then the skill sets for us is just add on it's just extra bonus essentially right if we have so whether a,
0: they're a, a former gymnast or a new, new yeah or
1: even for us like if they um someone comes in they're a coach yep. but they're also good at graphic design mm-hmm. like oh that's nice but it's an gotcha. added bonus yeah because they're good at graphic design is not going to be able to like take away from something else so it's literally like uh, it um the pyramid scheme it's, or it's actually even better it's like um like um opening doors like you have to open the you, you have to check the box in the first one to be able to like even a of, get a lot of metaphors here checking boxes open doors like like <laughs> like literally like to get into the next door yeah. you have to be able to like check all the boxes yep. that you fit the character traits we're looking for and then to get into the next one you have to be like do they fit the coaching traits we're looking for gotcha. knowing we can develop a coach really hard not impossible really hard to develop character Mm
0: -hmm. and do you have do you want to invest the time we are not we
1: do we are not the person we are not the place to bring out to coach someone how to be more humble right we're asking for people to come here with enough and then once they're here they get the drip 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 of it every day that's a huge thing we do in developing our team we're not saying you have to be on the level of our team right now you have to be
0: humble enough to grow into that, you have to have the potential to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, you sort of, you mentioned that you guys have sort of systematized this idea of sort of humble, hungry people smarts, um, and you've sort of talked a little bit about the process through which somebody has to, somebody goes through in order to get hired here. But is there a more formal sort of hiring process yep. that um, that you guys have put in place to make sure that? Things don't, people don't skip steps, or you guys don't miss something, or or what does that look like?
1: Yeah, we have a a hiring process that I'm I'm exceptionally proud of, Um, and mostly because of where it grew out of is something that I'm not essentially proud of. (laughs) I used to, to me, the hiring process used to be um, the cool and care test. Um, that was our character checkpoint. And then from there, come in and coach a a handful of classes for us. And we would assess your talent. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we put you into the coaching process or not. It's like, seems normal, right? Like have an interview process, come in a trial period, and then they are in the process. We have since, um, formalized it a a lot more. And the way we do it now is after we get in touch with somebody, whether it's through a resume or referral or whatever it is, cover letter, um, I'll give you the actual like formalities of it. We ask people to send a resume and a cover letter of why they would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Not why they like to coach, not what they could do for us, not why they like to work here, why they would be a good fit for CrossFit New England. That's the that's the jam. Mm-hmm. So give us a couple paragraphs on why you'd be a good fit. From there, if we feel like they're the right potential, we do a screening. Um, interview either in person if they're local if not if they're going to relocate over the phone and that's really uh, preliminary it could be 10 to 15 minutes of just getting a feeler let's put some a voice or hopefully a face to the story and the resume from there, if we if they pass that and we say this person's worth pulling in to our assessment,
0: just not to interrupt. Yep, is that you doing it? No, is it it it's head our head coach. It, is it like how, I know it's different, obviously, for everybody's gym or everybody's business. So stuff. no,
1: but this is this that's important. It's the head of the, the department. Okay. So if someone's going to be hired by the front desk. It's a front desk manager. If it's going to be a become a coach. It's our coach. It's our head coach. Mm-hmm. Does those meetings? From there, they're going to have a uh, a follow up meeting, and that follow up meeting is ninety minutes. And that involves taking a class at CrossFit New England. You can learn a lot about people by taking a class with somebody in terms of their humble, mm-hmm. their, their humility, their hunger, and their people smarts. They are in a social environment. Asking, you're giving them feedback. Yep. You're seeing how driven they are. Like fun. Like what a great, what an advantage we have. Mm-hmm. In 60 minutes, we can get a lot out of that. Followed by a 30 minute meeting again with the the department manager. Mm-hmm. After that 90 minute meeting, the department manager talks to the leadership team and says pit basically pitches or goes tells them why they don't think the person would be a good fit. I think this person would be a great fit. They they'll talk also talk to member other members of the class that we trust have been with us for a long time, mm. know who we are and what we stand for. So we'll reach out to our customers to say hey, is this person, how you, did you think about that? Do you give
0: them a heads up before? Yeah, we like, do. hey, we yes. have somebody coming cool. We
1: have somebody coming in. Could you guys just like kind of like, Island. yeah, not even, po- could you like kind of like poke and prod them and see, <laughs> you know, like go up and talk to them. Mm-hmm. But it's also, we see how they interact with the front desk. We see how they, I'm kind of giving away the secrets stuff <laughs> how to get a job at cf and um, And then they that have- might save
0: you some time later yeah, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely,
1: yes. Um, And then from there, um, that 90 minute meeting that the the head coach is then asking all these other people, they'll make a call and then they'll say like, this person we want to bring into our, our, essentially the full interview process. The full interview process for us is a day long interview where they are with us from nine to five. Um, What we found is we can be tricked. We can be tricked in an hour, even an hour and two. And certainly people can be, I can be tricked when they're talking to me because they're really putting on a best face when we bring them in this day-long interview, uh, things show up. Um, It's harder to get duped. Um, So we bring them through a process and we have them meet with every department. We have them meet with facilities, have them do stuff like, let's fix some rowers. Let's um, do do some work on uh, the actual building. Let's do some of the daily chores and activities. We have them sit with the front desk. Here's how we run the front desk. So also... It nice doubles because it's a day one orientation into the business. Mm -hmm. They see everything, but we want them to meet everybody. They sit with the front desk at the front desk. They see the daily operations. They talk to the front desk person. They meet new members coming in. They meet with our coach. They meet with our marketing person. Um, and then they go out to lunch with the head coach. Um, and up until recently myself as well. Um, now it's kind of like the gym manager, um, we take them out to lunch on purpose because we've seen that what the way they interact with people outside of the gym is really important. Mm-hmm. How do they act to um, servers and how do they act when they're driving their car and all those things matter a lot to us. After every one of those phases throughout that day, they'll sit with the front desk and then the front desk will meet with a leadership team and the leaders, they'll say um, this person, you know, and they'll just ask humble, hungry, smart. And that was the three things. Like, what do you think? And they're like, well, they're definitely very people smart. They get along with everybody. Um, they're incredibly driven. He came in with, you know, all these questions about what to do. And he has this game plan for what to go in his life. And he knows exactly what dot, dot, dot. Um, but humility, I'm not quite so sure. He seemed to talk a lot about himself. It's like, oh my gosh, that's such valuable information. So what we'll do in the next phase of that day-long interview is okay we feel really good about his people smarts we feel really good about his hunger let's drive really hard Mm. into detective play detective on the humility aspect and the next people i meet with him will hone in on that aspect and we'll try and drive and find find out and then we have another meeting another meeting and if they make it through the whole day and most people do then we'll make an assessment as a team about whether the person should go into phase i think it's three or four at that point where they come in and they do a week long um, assessment where they basically coach classes Mm -hmm. one class a day for an entire week and now is where we now is where we're assessing talent Mm -hmm. so up until that point all of it was character do they have the character to come by they haven't coached a class they haven't done anything yet we're just trying to we literally spent a day and a half assessing character and then from there we have five classes minimum uh, I'm sorry, five classes maximum. Um, minimum would be one. If they coach a class and like they don't have the talent, they don't <laughs> get to coach another. Yeah, We just cut it there. Yep. But if they're good in class one or they have potential, it's like, we'll do class two. It will go up to five classes. It will make the call after the fifth class about whether we should bring them on to our coaching on-ramp. Right. And the coaching on-ramp, we're gonna further develop them and show them our way of doing things in see if any way and um, our uh, class procedures and how we do everything. And um, So they're fully on board with everything we're doing. And then the last piece of that is we have a, um, basically an onboarding meeting, mm-hmm. really like a logistical administrative, sign your W2, yep. here's get you on payroll, all that type of stuff.
0: Yep. So it's really important that you guys have been able to define what it is that you're actually looking for. Cause then you can, then you can, it's have not a the cool test. The cool test right. was like, we literally, literally that's
1: impossible. So cool. Yeah. So hard to do. And that's what we do is we're like, what do you think? Is, is, is he a good fit? People be like, yeah, I, I, he's, he's cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Like he's a good guy. She's, she's, we she's don't she's have like, a
0: common language by which. To yes. Sort of- and
1: now it's like uh, the common language is so important to yeah. us. And we, um, further define what humble, hungry, um, people smart is. We have five principles for each one of those things. So we have an exact language. We know exactly what we're looking for. It's not like a sort of, I'm not sure it is. It's literally like a light switch. It's either yes or no. It's really, um, enlightening. Um, it's really fun to be a part of those hiring days are really cool because it's literally like playing detective work. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, so you you have sort of mentioned that the team you have here is very strong. And obviously, I agree. Um, how have you learned to or how have you sort of stumbled into an approach where you can um, share your vision and your values to, to the degree which they can then adopt them and take them on as their own? Yeah. This, um, as the sort of the head of the gym, a lot of the philosophy in the gym come f- comes from you personally, right? Yep. So, but you're not in the gym 24 hours a day anymore, you, right. you know, you're past that where where you can literally have eyes on everybody. So how do you make sure that the the what's in your head gets translated or gets sort of transferred into what's in their head so that yeah. on the day-to-day basis, it's still happening?
1: Yep. Um, I did not do a good job of that in the earlier days um because i kind of thought if i said it it was done yeah. and you know i said like hey guys we're looking for um dedicated we're, that was one of our things we used to be looking we talk about dedication I'd be like we're looking for dedicated team members i mean like i said it now hopefully they're dedicated and i didn't do what we just talked about i didn't really define what it was but way more important was the lack of reinforcement mm. and until a leader has said it seven times, until a leader feels like they're being annoying about how often they're saying it, no one's heard it. Mm-hmm. And that that's a kind of a hard realization. you know it's because you have to kind of um, imagine you're speaking to like less than a kindergartner. Like if you're kindergartner, you told them like three times like, you know,, um, you know pick up you know, pick up your blocks, whatever like if you after three times, the kindergarten is not saying that, like you would be kind of like frustrated. Mm-hmm. What I've learned uh, and not from practices i put in, but this is, I didn't come up with this on my own. It's like through reading about, you know, leadership and everything else. You have to reinforce it at every possible moment. Literally like every chance you get, you have to like pounce upon it. And what I mean by that is what I used to do was I had a set of core values. And I had seven of them, seven core values. And right there, that's a huge mistake (laughs) Yeah, because I couldn't remember all seven of them. If you can't go humble, hungry, smart, you don't have core values. If you go, I think one's integrity. Yeah. Integrity is one. I think Mm. one is um, unity. No, no, no. It's like cooperation. No, no. What is it? Uh, You don't have core values. It has to be like a part of your DNA. It has to be like you see the people, the names of people on your your coaches' names. You should be able to rattle them off like that. Mm-hmm. Humble, hungry, smart, and everyone knows it. We talk about it at every coach's meeting once a week. We start off every meeting with reinforcing how those values showed up the past week, either from our members or our coaches. So a coach will be like, um, um, so they call it like dedications. anybody have any dedications? And um, some be like, yeah, I have one. Um, it's really cool how Morgan. Um, who coaches the 7.30 a.m. class, was in the gym at 5 a.m. before the 5.30 even opened up to make sure we had a bee problem in the gym. Mm, I remember that. We had a bee problem. So like there was these bees that were infesting all the buildings on our street. And Morgan came in at 5 a.m., a half hour before the first class, even though he didn't coach for two hours, to make sure that there was no bees Instead of like little bee traps everywhere. And he's like that's a really good shine of hunger taking initiative and going above and beyond the call of duty. I'm like great job, Mori. So there's one there. And we have we give examples that everyone who goes around the room sharing examples how the coaches or members showed our core values. Yeah. Then from there we uh, I kind of just laid it already talked about we we lay it out in the hiring process. We talk about mm-hmm. I don't keep it a secret. Right. I say we're looking for humble, hungry, smart people. This is what we mean by humility. I'm gonna give you feedback every single day about what you're not doing well. Mm -hmm. It's easy to blow sunshine at you, but I'm gonna tell you what you're not doing well. that doesn't sound like something you're up for, like this might not be the place. Work ethic, we're expecting you. I know you're a part-time coach. I know that we're, you know, the expectation and you're gonna see it is that people are here a lot, a Mm -hmm. lot, a lot. If you're here to kind of punch a clock, I'm just telling you now, you're not gonna fit in very well. You might be a great coach and a great guy. It's not gonna be the right place for you and I want you to do well. And people smarts, X, Y, and Z. And it becomes a self-selecting process. They're like, oh, like I was kind of here to like, you know, be, we fire by it. We we, um, review by it. So our review process has um, three check boxes. Humble, hungry, smart, (laughs) good, Fair or poor, if they get a poor in any one of those categories, and we write specifics examples for each one. If they're a poor in any one of those categories, they have thirty days to fix it, or they're off the team. Mm -hmm. Um, We fired the three most recent fires have been because of that process, where it just did not fit for where we are where uh, where we fit in the in the development of the team. We also um, reward by it. This is how we talk about giving people raises. And then we are constantly talking about it. Every coach's meeting, I review one of those principles I just mentioned. We talk about if-then scenarios. We talk about if this happens, what do we do? Well, how does that fall in line with our core values of humble, hungry, and smart? And at every um, uh, meeting, which I said, which is every Tuesday at 2.30, we literally go through it. I'll go through a principle. This is the principle of humility. This is a principle of people smart. This is a principle of hungry. And we have five of each of those. So 15, it's 15 weeks long to roll through each of those. At the end of those 15 weeks, we start over again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Um, it's,
1: it's a matter of like this constantly bring it up. That's how you share the vision is by constantly doing it. And, um, it gives you an opportunity for like something goes bad. When something goes bad, it's really cool because it's an opportunity to learn right? There's a story about, um, in, in culture code by, uh, Daniel Coyle. I think he's mm-hmm. the author, um, culture code about the, um, this restaurateur who has a billion dollar restaurant. And he's, he obviously can't be at all the restaurants that he's has, but at one of his restaurants, one of his top ends, there's a story about this woman who sent back a salmon that wasn't cooked all the way. Um, so, um, she wanted, she was like, this isn't cooked all the way. I don't want this. Um, am okay, I have a steak instead. And, the story is that the manager tried to figure out what to do, didn't know what to do. so he um, doggy bagged up the salmon and then gave it to her and charged her for it. She wrote a letter like how he was she was appalled at like this is the standard that he holds in his restaurants. He's like, yes. Hmm. not like oh no, my managers aren't good. Oh no, my staff doesn't know what to do. Oh no, I've disgruntled uh, customer. It was, oh yes what a chance to drive home a learning experience mm. and now they have the salmon story <laughs> and now that because of that they have a principle yeah. on how they operate when things go in that order and what you do is you create a nominal you create a language as you said a language and we have things we have abc which means always be communicating yeah. we have never whine never complain never make excuses we have all of these languages that we can, you know, tactful conflict resolution, we know exactly what that is. And we can speak the same language so that there is this commonality of we know exactly how to operate. So the vision doesn't need to be translated for every single instance. There's basically a reference guide for everything that's going to come up.
0: Yeah, I think another uh, added value of, of you guys talking about it so much is that you end up sort of, the, the salmon story is people learn by stories a lot more than they do yes. by whatever else you'd call like a, a the a, a sort of a static principle, right? This is what we that's do. a great so that's a great and point so so the mistake need, I used to make was I had
1: I had the principles up on a wall yeah. with the definitions of each. And it was literally like unity. And this is what we mean by unity and dedication. This is what we mean by dedication and compassion. This is what we mean by compassion. And there were seven of them and I can only remember those three. It's funny. <laughs> oh integrity yeah. was another one. Yeah. See that's why they sucked. Yeah. Instead now what we do is here's our core values humble hungry and smart and now here's the 15 principles underneath and how there's a language and a story behind each Mm -hmm. of those
0: yep and you can talk you can you can draw parallels between when that happened okay now this is happening and now we can say we we, have be the
1: little brother and everyone knows what be the little brother means it's like let's not tell anybody what we'll save it
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay um a big part of all of this that we're talking about now is um trust um Mm -hmm. specifically a team trusting you to uh, to maybe put their own personal whatever's aside in order to be part of a, something larger, part of a team. Um, how have you found in your position? How have you found uh, ways to be effective in earning and and sort of um, developing trust amongst your team? Again, to sort of go back to that idea that I had before, which is, or what I said before, which is you're not in the gym all the time. Mm-hmm. You're not babysitting anybody. Yep it's because they trust you enough to know that that you've got their back and, that, and you trust them enough to know um, that they're doing what they need to be doing. So how have you developed that?
1: Um, I think it helps that, you know, the three character traits that I associate with myself is humble, hungry, and smart. Um, so leading by example totally. um, helps a lot. And I- For I know and my team was, I don't have the answers to a lot of the things that we're trying to do. So I'll look to them and me not having the answers and looking to them builds this trust that this is a team effort. I, this is by so far and away from a dictatorship, I'm trying to instill like a common vision. Like this is where I think we should be going. What do you guys think about that? And I try and build um, an organization that has a lot of autonomy, freedom, the people to do their jobs discipline yes so they know exactly what's expected of them but autonomy and how to do that when to do it um and a better way to do it that's really what i want them to be doing Mm -hmm. and i expect this to be um a manage up organization where if you're if you're doing marketing for us I want you to tell me how we should be doing marketing. Mm -hmm. If we're doing, if you're doing our facility stuff, I want you to tell me what you think we should be doing facilities. Do we need to get more rowers? Should we be expanding the gym? Should we renovating the the bathrooms? I want to give them the ownership on how to take the lead and then them tell me and see, we can work it into the vision. I think the biggest way to build trust is to lead by example Um, Just basically do what you say. Don't break promises. Don't be, um, you know, I love the saying of, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions speak so loud. Like I can talk about it all the time, but if somebody gives me feedback and I'm standoffish and I'm defensive, well, then there goes that whole thing I just talked about. (laughs) If I'm asking my coaches to work really hard, but I'm the first guy out of the gym every day and I'm the last one to show up, like there goes that whole thing. Mm -hmm. If I say people smarts and someone comes to me with a conflict and I don't treat it well, well, there goes that whole thing, Right. I have to do it first and foremost, and then I hope that they will just lead, follow um, kind of, it cascades off of to to what they do in their daily actions. Mm -hmm. The next one is the autonomy and the freedom and the asking for, I, I trust them, I really do. So I had a meeting yesterday with one of our newer coaches who's taking over our teens program. And at certain points I gave suggestions, but at other points I said, Come to, I know you can figure that out. Like you figure that out. Like one of the things was it's so super simple. And anybody that runs a gym, would, um they have um, worksheets that they um, or programming templates that they fill in the weights that they're lifting every single day. And how do we get that from the binders to the athletes? It's really sounds super simple, right? <laughs> yep. Well, if, if twenty two kids walk in the door at once, you can't have them all go into the binder at once. So we've tried a couple different ways. I'm like, hey. Let's figure out a good way to do this. And I trust you to do it. I don't need to be able to want to do it. And they have ownership. We are, we're reprogramming um, a certain section of our, of our um, class to involve some hypertrophy work. So um, it's not me laying it out. I asked the three coaches that run the class, each of them to give me um, 20 hypertrophy workouts. Now they each have 20. We have 60 compiled. Now together we'll come up with this thing. It's not me saying, here's the 20 I want to run with. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving them the freedom and the ownership And the last one is consistency. I think consistency is trust. And um, the analogy I use for this, obviously I like analogies, (laughs) is I came up with this because I was, I'm always thinking about building teams and trust and how do you build this relationship is, I was um, with my son and we went swimming in the ocean. After swimming in the ocean, we walk across the beach up to my mom's house and our feet are sandy. So before my mom's house, we have to hose off our feet. Well, my son is holding the hose and he's gonna hose off my feet with really cold water. Mm-hmm. And I'm already kind of dried off from it, so I really don't want to get sprayed by my <laughs> six-year-old son. Yeah. And what is my, a six-year-old holding a hose is like
0: <laughs> dangerous. dangerous,
1: right? <laughs> so I don't trust him just yet. So I just like, I stay as far away as I can, and I try and just like reach my toe in front of the hose. If he's not consistent, I don't hold, I don't continue to trust him. Mm-hmm. But if he just holds that hose steady, just totally still, all of a sudden I'll get closer and I'll get my whole ankle in there mm-hmm. and I'll bring right up to where I'm standing right in front of him. And if he's still consistent and I also, like, he's consistent, I can trust him. I'll turn my back to him and mm-hmm. I can get my heels and my Achilles. But if he's erratic, if he's inconsistent, if he's like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> and yep. I don't trust him yep. and I won't get close. If you don't get close, then there's no real relationship. If there's no relationship, we're not gonna get anywhere at this whole Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. That's why I think consistency is so vital. I think consistency is the most underlooked aspect of small business, of relationships, of trust, of love, of everything. Mm -hmm. If you're consistent, the chances that I'm going to get closer to you go up exponentially
0: totally and i think one of the really interesting things is and and i don't know that you did it on purpose but i also don't know that it's accidental which is this idea of you you you've mentioned you know we talk about hunger and humility and people smarts a lot we literally we, we talk about those things but what you're ju- what you just sort of laid out in terms of building trust is you exemplified here's how i show that i'm humble i do that by by letting them take on- ownership of the things mm. that they're going to take mm. ownership of and on top of that you you sort of expect them to say to take that and then to sort of level up right so it's not just that you guys are talking about humility and hunger and people smarts as a thing uh, you know poster on the wall but it actually sort of infuses literally the actions that happen in the gym so that you learn it but then you sort of really internalize it um, and it becomes sort of uh, it becomes expectation as much as it's yeah sort of intellectual like here are our core values it's not that it's it's literally this is how it's we not core values
1: that just get put on a coffee mug it gets right. put on a poster it gets put on a t-shirt and we never talk about it or worse they change this mm-hmm. is what this is the thing i did like i did really poorly was like i i read something else and Be like this we're going over yeah. here now and i'd yeah. read something I else. Like, we're going show. over here now and people are like here he goes again <laughs> and that's why it takes like it's in our hiring process. Yeah. It's in our review process. It's why we fire people. We talk about it coaches meetings. We talk about our quarterly meetings. We talk about it in terms of like, are they one of us? It's like, it's everywhere. It's a part of who we are. And just that consistency in that mm-hmm. allows them to feel like, okay, I can buy into this one. This yeah. one's sticking. Yep. This one's staying. Like, he's for real this time like <laughs> yeah and the fact that it's doing that it creates its own momentum yep. that's why you got to spend a little bit extra time like making sure that those are the ones you want right because if you change them again six months later and then again 18 months later and again 24 months later it's, well, the, cons- it's the consistency we've, the we've killed the consistency yeah,
0: absolutely um, let's talk a little bit about um, crossovers between other other kinds of teams because obviously you've had a lot of success in whether it's crossFit uh, you know games teams. Um, to, you know, I I kind of consider, uh, Catherine Brooke and Cole a team, even though it's sort of an unconventional team. I think, um, there are elements of it that, that I would consider a team, um, and obviously other sports and stuff like that. So you've been involved in, in different kinds of teams. How much of what we've been talking about is, or can be sort of translated into, let's stick with sort of an athletic team. Like if you were coaching a football team. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll stick yep. to that just because it's simple and we don't have to run around in circles, but like how much of what we've been talking about, can you see as translatable to uh, if, you know, you walked in on day one of a, a varsity high school football team? If
1: I was to walk in, and I actually, um, I would really like this opportunity at some point um, to coach a, a, a different athletic team, like a football team. If I walked in on day one, I would say we are humble, hungry, and smart. That is who we are. That is the way we are going to operate. We are humble. We are going to grow. We are going to make you better. And the only way we can do that is if we give you feedback. The reason we give you feedback is because I care about you and I want you to be better. I want you to be something special. It's the at the hallmark of what we're doing as a team is we are looking to grow and improve. If we don't have that, if we have this idea like, nope, I am where I am. I have this fixed um, set of skills and all I'm looking for is um, credibility from my coaches. All I'm looking for is like, like I want the... Um, accolades. Accolades. I want to know that I'm, what I'm doing is right. We, we are, I want to we, know that I'm We the have best severely player. misplaced our efforts. And then from there, it's hunger. We are driven. We are passionate. We are committed. We are going to outwork everyone. Work ethic, work ethic, work ethic. And then from there... How you communicate with the team is of vital importance. We are going to be a communication organization. We are going to figure out how to coaches talk to you, how you talk to your coaches, how you talk peer to peer and athlete to athlete and coaches to parents. And communication is going to be the utmost importance for us. That's where I would start with every organization I ever came across. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I would keep the consistency going across and let people know that this is all about growth and betterment. And where we are today is part of the process. It's not about getting better. I'm sorry. It's not about winning right now, today. It's about getting better, so we are in a better spot in a month, in a week, in a year, and so on. Mm-hmm. I like the kind of a side shot, but the the coach that the the Division One football coach that was asked, I can't remember who it was. They said, um, so at the end of the season, they said, "How do you think your your team did? How do you think you you know was it a successful year?" He said. Come back and ask me in ten years mm-hmm. when I know Very what these cool. boys have turned into. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's that's what this is. That's what it would be about.
0: Yeah, really cool. Um, you've sort of talked about a little bit in the context of work, but maybe we can kind of continue sort of straddling between work and, and athletics um, with this question. But um, when you have a team member who isn't measuring up, how much work do you put in to try to get them to where they need to be? versus recognizing that they're not the right person or, you know, whatever it yeah. is. You know, you, you you mentioned hire slow, fire fast, but there's a little bit of gray area in there because yep. what does fast mean? Right. Um, and then, you know, if we want to stay a little bit on the side of like the, that football team, how do you get that individual up to where at least you think that they're capable of being?
1: Yeah, so um, I would kind of put that in like our review process. So we're we're trying to get everyone good, right? And we, if we want to make a place a great, we really try and keep it like, there's a lot of gray area in between good, fair, and poor. Yep. But if um, we're trying to get everybody up to the good standpoint, and if someone's fair, we're going to put a lot of effort, a lot of resources, a lot of um, time and energy into developing that person, making them good at what they do. If they're poor, I'm not going to put a lot of resources into them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them 30 days to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, that's something that I don't have the bandwidth, the capacity, the time, or the resources to try to get them better. They're not the right fit for us. They're not one of us. So if I was on a football team, and it's hard to say because different levels have different of course, uh, yeah. ownership of what you can do with players. Yep. But if I was um, you know, coaching a professional football team and somebody wasn't fair, somebody was poor, I basically have a warning meeting with them saying, you're not measuring up in these categories. Here are the specifics of why. This, here is who said what about this. Here is why we are having this meeting. Here is the expectation going forward. Here is the timeline we're looking for. We are going to have another meeting in 30 days. If we're having the same discussion in 30 days, this is not the right organization for you. And I'd be checking point along the way every week to make sure that's going the way it should be. So that when it gets to that 30 days, they under they, it's not a surprise either which yeah. way. Yep. Um if you're coaching a a, a a youth football team, it's gonna be very different because everyone belongs on the team. You're gonna have to put a lot of effort into those athletes because then the, the one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch mm-hmm. methodology. You're um shoring up your weakest link is the best thing you can do. In that case, what I would do is I would take a page out of Urban Meyer's book, The Coach of Ohio State Football, and pair every A player, the leaders on your teams, the ones that are good in every category that you don't have to worry about, they're the first ones to the weight room. They're the first ones to practice. They do extra sprints afterwards. Their uniform always looks the way it's supposed to. They talk to coaches and other players the way they do. They handle referees the best. Everyone knows who I'm talking about, those leaders on the team. You partner up A players with C players and you have those A players rub off and show those c players how to be better mm-hmm. you don't necessarily worry about the a players the b players you can develop yourself mm-hmm. and the c players you need other peers on your team as well it can't just be the coaches
0: mm-hmm. really cool all right that was a good combo
1: <laughs> anything else uh, that's that's cool i like all it right? i loved i love I think that um, development of a team is a paramount success for anything that you're doing. And in everything that we do in life is with a team. Yeah. If you're writing a book by yourself, you still have a team. You have your spouse, you have um, your editor, you have your agents, you have, there's a team in every, no matter how individualized you wanna to go towards things, if you're doing a solo ascent up Everest, there's still a team. Like, But most of us work with a lot more team people than that. Yeah if you can develop the strong team around you it's like everything else is kind of like falls into place yeah. everything else is then talent and skills
0: and execution and
1: execution yeah. yeah but actually the the team is the execution standpoint because the team is about the creating the vision that's shared amongst the team mm-hmm. if you create that then you're creating accountability like it all starts with that creating the team the right if you have humble hungry people smart people accountability is there execution is there the drive is there Um, As long as you have some of the talent and a vision to create it and kind of like some people that can actually execute and sell and market and do data analytics and all the rest, finances and whatnot, it falls into place. If you have the best in the world, but they're not seeing eye to eye and they're complaining, not necessarily to each other, but complaining maybe behind closed doors or equally as bad in their own heads. You're not going to get anywhere near your potential. You have to make sure that everyone is thriving. If you create a thriving environment, it's almost like the gizmos and the gadgets and the widgets don't matter. Like give them them anything. Mm -hmm. They can make it happen. Mm
0: -hmm. Very cool. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Patrick.